This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 18th, 2018. Battle Plan for Prayer, the Purpose of Prayer. connect with God, center my day, center my heart, refocus on what's really important. I pray because I depend on God as my Savior to help me through life and I need His support so I take prayer to Him for answers. I pray because I mess up and I need to talk to Him all day to give me guidance what to do, what not to do. I talk to him all the time. I pray to be closer to God, to have a relationship. Because it's how I commune with God and he talks to me. I pray so that I can hear from the Lord. It's my quiet time to get with him and focus on him. It brings me peace. It brings me comfort. Um, I pray to praise for the blessings that are in my life. And it is um, what gets me through my day. I pray just so that I can get through this secular world and so that I can always just have that inner peace. The more I pray, the less I worry, and the better I feel. I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom. I pray for comfort for those uh, around me, my friends and family. And I pray just to get closer to God. I pray because I want to have a conversation with God and because I love Jesus. I love God and I want to know what God's direction is for me in my life. I want to thank God for how awesome God is. I want to give God the glory of all of the things He is and give Him adoration and um, I want to be right with God. Well, I pray um, for so many different reasons. I pray because I, I need to know what God wants from me. Um, my life is always has questions, and I always want the answers. So that is really the main reason I pray. And then I pray for others because I care. Sometimes my heart is just overwhelmed um, with my care about my life and theirs. And so I pray to unburden my, my cares and to find peace as I pray. Morning. Morning. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us this morning for this first Sunday of the season of Lent. Uh, that's a church construct, a time of preparation to prepare our hearts and our minds for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ at Easter time. Lent is a time for looking closely at ourselves and our relationship with God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a time for drawing closer to our Creator through these things called spiritual disciplines, things like reading and meditating on God's Word, the Bible, uh, on a daily basis. Worship, as we're doing here, but worshiping not just on Sunday morning, but throughout our day. Uh, serving others inside and outside of the church. Uh, and prayer. 
There are many, many others, but those are just a few examples. But prayer, along, along with reading our Bible, prayer is, is the most important spiritual discipline we have, the most important thing we can do to realize a closer, more personal, more intimate relationship with God. And so prayer will be our focus through this season of Lent. We'll be drawing, of course, on the scriptures, on the Bible, but we'll also be referring to a book entitled The Battle Plan for Prayer, written by Stephen and Alex Kendrick. This morning, our focus is on the purpose of prayer, what prayer is and what it isn't. Well, good morning again, Connection Church. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you for today, and it's no accident that any one of us are here. I would pray that as a result, though, of being here, that each person would receive some food for thought and fuel for the week. And draw closer to you through prayer. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And so then the question is, why do we pray? You ask any 20 people, and you'll probably get 20 different answers, just like we saw on that video a few minutes ago. And, and each answer seems to reflect a portrait that the person has drawn of the one they're praying to. In other words, who who God is in their mind's eye. For example, for some of us, God is kind of like the ultimate Santa Claus <clears throat> when it comes to prayer. And our prayer then is our wish list. And uh, so we share with God everything we want God to bring to us. <laughs> for others, God is our last resort. The one we go to in prayer when we've exhausted all the other possibilities. <laughs> and for still others... God is like the uh, administrative assistant of all time. As we share through prayer, point by point by point, exactly how God can go about bringing order to our situation. Point by point by point, exactly how God can bring healing to a hurting situation. Point by point by point, follow our instructions, our very detailed instructions for whatever it is we need taken care of by God. And yet for others, prayer is what we do when we have no idea what to do. <laughs> when, when we're not sure where we're going, we're not even sure where we've been. And when we're lost in need of direction, and we look to God to kind of be our tour guide, to give us that direction to lead us on this journey that we call life. Carrie and I, we've used prayer for each <laughs> In every one of those situations I've just described, and uh, many, many others, and maybe you have too. So the question remains, though, what is the purpose of prayer? Well, at its very core, when everything is stripped down, when we look to God for the reason for prayer, that God gave us prayer, what is the purpose, the ultimate purpose? We like the answer that the Kendrick brothers give us. I mean, the Bible gives us this too, but the Kendrick brothers put it in such a way where they say, according um, to them, the purpose of prayer, the ultimate purpose is this, quite simply to glorify God. 
to glorify God. We pray to glorify God, to praise and honor God to the highest possible degree. And so we pray to praise God, to honor God, to glorify God. And as a result, the best answer God can give to any of our prayers is whatever brings God the most glory. That's basically what Jesus told his disciples when he gathered them, preparing them for his departure from earth, preparing them for his death and ultimately his resurrection. One of his disciples' names was Peter, and Peter asked Jesus, he said, like, show me the Father, and that will be enough. Show me the Father, that'll be enough. And Jesus basically says that if they've seen him, Jesus, they've seen the Father. And he told them that anyone who had faith in him, what he would do, what Jesus would do and had been doing, would do even greater things. And then Jesus shares this in the book of John. John's in the second half of the, in the, of the Bible. It's called the gospel, which means good news. And John says, or Jesus says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be what? Glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Ask for anything in my name, and I'll do it. Wow. We kind of like that, don't we? Yeah. Unfortunately, we like to kind of misread it. We kind of take that little piece out of context there, don't we? Jesus will give us whatever we ask for in his name. It's true, but with a little stipulation there, though, that if what it is brings glory to God. Again, we kind of like to take it out of the context. And if it's results in this, our challenge is all too often when we pray, our focus isn't on God's glory, but what's it on? Me, my needs, my wants, my desires. And that's okay. But the question then is, do these things, do these prayers then bring glory to God? ultimately, because God's glory is what it's all about. Our very existence is for God's glory. We read this in Isaiah 43, verses 6b through 7. I'm sharing from the, from the message version of Scripture here, where, um, where God speaks through the uh, prophet Isaiah and says this, return my sons from distant lands, my daughters from faraway places. I want them back, every last one who bears my name, every man, woman, and child whom I created, say it with me, for my glory, the Lord says. For God's glory, we were created, personally formed and made, each one of us, God did, for his glory. So God's answered prayers brings God glory. For example, in the first part of the Bible, in the Old Testament, we meet Abraham and Sarah. They had prayed for a child for years. When Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90, she, they had a son. 
named Isaac, who brought them great joy. And remember, this was after many, many years of waiting. And the child also brought glory to God. Now, then God told Abraham to sacrifice his child, um, Isaac, this child that he had waited for for so long, prayed for for so long, this child that would begin the fulfillment of God's promise of a legacy more numerous than the stars in the sky. This child who was an answer to a lifetime of prayer. And God tells Abraham to sacrifice this very child. This is a difficult scripture. It really is. But here's the thing. Abraham faithfully complied, and in that, God revealed an aspect of God's glory that is mind-blowing because God became, he provided a ram. He provided a ram to take the place of Isaac as sacrifice, and in God's perfect timing, he shared his glory with Abraham, and he shares his glory with us. That's what God does. He reveals his glory to us bit by bit in our lives, through our lives, from one situation to the next. Every time we pray, and every part of the life that triggers a prayer request is an opportunity for us to witness God's glory, to see God in action firsthand. Every time God answers our prayers, God is giving us the opportunity to see a little bit more of who God is, what God does what God is like. Each prayer reveals to us a deeper understanding of this God who is beyond our understanding, (laughs) showing us that God is creator and counselor, that God is provider, as he was with Abraham, and protector. God is helper and healer. God is sustainer and savior. God is friend and forgiver. God is reliever and redeemer. God is lover, and God is Lord of all. And so through our prayers, God then reveals these things to us as personally and as deeply as we're willing to go in those prayers with God. The deeper we go, the deeper God will reveal who God is. And so what should our response be? What should our response be to when God responds to our prayers and reveals aspects of God's glory? Well, our response should be to glorify God even more, to honor God even more, to praise God even more for the aspect of what God has revealed, to give thanks. Thanks to God Almighty. And in addition, when we experience this answered prayer through the glorification of God, it's too good to keep to ourselves. I mean, why would we not share? Why would we keep it secret? But to share, not like, you know, hitting somebody over the head, but gently, however the the Spirit would lead you to draw that person in, perhaps in a relationship with God so that they can experience this incredible journey. God of all glory, God of all creation, 
Now the Kendrick brothers, they share this in the battle plan for prayer on page 31. And they write, of all the things prayer is and does, its greatest accomplishment and its greatest joy is that it allows us, his beloved children, and that's you, you are his beloved child, to be part of bringing him glory. To God be the glory. And so we pray to bring glory to God. And how do we do that? Well, simply speaking, prayer is communicating with God. But it's important to remember it's communicating sincerely, communicating reverently, communicating awfully. Awfully meaning full of awe. Got to keep in mind when we're praying that we are communicating with the creator of the universe. That's a, just let that sink in for a minute. That's just mind-boggling that the creator of the universe even allows us to be in communication. And we must never forget that, that we're in connection with the most holy one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, all too often we get this picture of God as our buddy, our pal, our BFF, our homeboy, you fill in whatever word you need that kind of makes that relationship with God, it's, it's personal, but it's, it lacks the awe of who God is, I'm afraid. It's important for us to remember that God is other than we are, holy, that's W-H-O-L-Y, not H-O-L-E-Y. Not H-O-L-Y, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, completely other than you are, than I am. God is not the ultimate superhuman superhero. Super means above. He's not above human. God is beyond human. A force beyond our imagination, a, a being beyond our ability to even begin to fathom. God, God is not just at the top of the created order. God is outside of the created order because God did the creating. So he's not part of the order. He's outside that. <laughs> My old days as an English teacher, long, long ago, God's not a noun. God's a verb. God is not it. God is, is. God is, is, always was, always is, always will be. That's what that Old, Old Testament name uh, Yahweh means. God is, is. And as God says, I am who I am. God is, I am. God is, is. As the Kendricks share, if we could only understand what being in the presence of the Almighty is truly like, our mind wouldn't be casually wandering. We wouldn't be drifting in and out of sleep. We'd be fully alert and overwhelmed, all attention held captive, stunned, speechless. And when we did speak, we would be, this is we speaking with God, we would be humble. We would be reverent. And say the rest with me, very careful what came out of our mouths. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Yeah.
So the writer of Hebrews in the second half of the Bible toward the end, and Hebrews, by the way, is a really great book to the study, the theology of Jesus Christ as mediator who came for us. But I'm actually referring to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. And God is a consuming fire is in reference to uh, Deuteronomy 4, verse 24. God is a consuming fire. And in our sin, we are consumed by that fire like an ice cube in a furnace. We're reminded again and again of the distance and the difference between us and God. Jesus is our mediator, our go-between. And through prayer, we're in the midst of this healthy tension with God who transcends everything and Jesus who walks with us. God, the Father who is beyond imagination, and the Son who is right there with us. And so it's through prayer that we're able to go to the Father through the Son. And that prayer allows us to do three things. First, prayer allows us to intimately know, love, and worship God. Through prayer, daily prayer, <laughs> hourly prayer, prayer by the minute, we get ever closer to God. That's how relationships work. Uh, for example, Carrie and I, we get closer because we communicate. The more we communicate, the closer we are. And so, you know, each year that goes by, the more we communicate, the closer we get. The closer we get. And same with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The more we have daily, intimate, prayerful contact, the closer we will get. Growing ever deeper in respect, love, and awe of God. Communicating with God at a level that we might never even have dreamed of previously. As we know God and love God ever more deeply, we will realize his presence more and more in our day-to-day -day lives, worshiping God just not here on Sunday mornings, but moment by moment in our daily routine. And it kind of becomes a, a cycle then. The, the more we pray, the closer we get, and the closer we get, the more we pray. And we get ever closer. Honoring God, loving God, being ever more willing to submit. There's that word we often don't like. Submit to God's leadership in our lives. That then brings us full circle to the second thing that prayer brings to our lives. And that is that prayer allows us to understand and conform. That's another word we don't like. But conform our lives to God's will and God's ways. When we pray, we don't change God, and we don't change those around us. Prayer changes us. Prayer works on our hearts. And with prayer, we're able to tune in more to God's will and ways. And as it happens, God realigns our hearts 
and our minds when we connect through prayer. Through prayer, we're able to understand our position. Lord and us, it's not like this, and it's not like this. Jesus Christ is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. When we pray, we don't ask Jesus to see it our way, <laughs> to adjust Jesus' thought to our thought, to change Jesus Christ. Can you even imagine? Really. I want you to change. Jesus is perfect, human yet divine, perfect. So our prayer helps realign us to configure our thinking to his thinking, to come under the authority, another word we don't like, the authority of Jesus. Jesus taught his disciples to pray the prayer, uh, the Lord's Prayer. We'll be talking about that um, in the weeks ahead. But when we say our Father in heaven, hallowed, that means holy, be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's a dangerous prayer. And sometimes we just pray that without even thinking, your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. The more we pray, humbly pray, reverently pray, all filled, being all filled, awfully pray, we allow ourselves to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ and have God the authority of our lives. And then the third thing that prayer brings to our lives, through prayer we're in communion with God in order to access and advance God's kingdom, his power, and his glory. When we pray, we are in the position of tapping into God's heavenly resources. Can you believe God allows that to us? He basically opens the storehouse and said, here. He opens the power supply and says, here. Plug in. Whew. Mm. Whew. Yeah. Seeking God's power to work on our behalf, we get to do. God revealing God's glory in our situation as we plug into God's power. As we say here so often, with God, all things, things are, are possible, possible, right? Prayer allows us to tap into those possibilities. God revealing God's glory in the process. And when we seek God's kingdom, when we seek God's glory, we then submit to God's leadership and to God's plan and will for our lives. And through these actions, then, we glorify God. And in the process, God's glory is shared with those around us so that they, too, can realize all that God has to offer. So they, too, can plug into these resources that God just wants to share with us. Amen. Amen. So I, I want to put some skin on this. Recently, the last couple months, I have been... Um, I've recently identified a challenge in my life that um, I'm only able to overcome with God's help. Can't do it on my own. And as I seek God's desire more and more, his will for me, it means I need to spend more time with God to help work through that. And so... I got to a point uh, about two months ago where I just had to dig deeper and deeper 
not me, but allow God to lead and um, be dependent even more. So um, for me, I have been waking up an hour earlier than I normally wake up, depending on the day. Right now it's about five o'clock and am spending time, uh, more time in the scripture, more time praying and I have a devotion that I work through every day, and I started a new spiritual discipline called journaling. Now, I have a stack of journals this high from previous years, and since uh, the beginning of January, um, I've been able to stick with this discipline and actually crave the discipline of journaling now. In fact, yesterday we had our grandchildren. I wasn't able to spend the time because they woke up way, like at five o'clock. So I didn't, I didn't plan on that quite like that. So when I got home, I just said to Alan, I, I feel like I'm coming undone. I missed that time. And so at the end of the day, I spent the time and it was flipped and it just really made me realize how much I need that at the beginning of the day. And so in my journaling, I want to share an excerpt from yesterday. And some of these words come from the devotion that I use, and some of them are mine. It's all mixed up. Be afraid of those moments when you think you're independently strong. I've always struggled with trying to be self-sufficient. I'm called a control freak by some. I'm really working on that. It's called pride. Weakness is not the big danger to be avoided. What I need to avoid are my delusions of strength. Grace makes weakness a thing to be feared no longer. The way to enter into that strength is to admit how little strength I actually have. Grace frees me from being devastated that I can no longer trust me because grace connects me to the one who is worthy of my trust and will always deliver what I need. And so in my personal challenge, I don't know if I told you it has nothing to do with Alan and it has nothing to do with any of you. It's just me. But in this challenge that I find myself, I am actually saying, bring it on, God, because it's causing me to go deeper and deeper and I'm seeing God glorified in ways and an understanding of mercy and grace that I had not previously understood. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And it's only through prayer and scripture and devotion, time, that I'm able to be in this spot that I'm in. And we want that for you, too. I, I'm not hoping that you have a challenge, but I am hoping that you can carve out some increased time to have some rich time, prayerful time with the Lord. And here's the thing. Prayer is just really not about prayer. It's about a person. It's about God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And so through prayer, we have this access to this incredible protection and provision. And we get off track and then we get on track. And it's glorious. To God be the glory. And so our goal of praying is to live in relationship with him. Not necessarily to fix that, fix this, turn this, do that. But to live in relationship. 
with God the Father, Jesus Christ, his only Son, and the Holy Spirit to experience purpose and plan and direction, everything he intends, all for his glory. And so we hope, we pray, that you'll be on this journey with us from now until Easter as we spend more time each week about prayer and the power of prayer and different aspects of prayer. In your program, there's a little quarter page insert. You'll get one each week. We hope that you'll take it, put it in your Bible, put it on the fridge, whatever, but keep it handy. And um, the three aspects of prayer that we spoke about are on there, but on one side there is a prayer that we took from the book, tweaked a little bit, but we'd like to invite you to say that with me now. God Almighty, help me never again forget that I am in your awesome presence when I pray. Help me not to enter into it as a duty or a mindless activity, the mere repeating of tired words, but help me come with worship, with love, and with a true desire to experience you personally. Help me abandon my own agendas and self-assurances, wanting to be nowhere else except directly aligned with your will. May your kingdom flow right through this heart and home of mine, taking me wherever you want me to go. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.